So I want to, just three maybe, uh, hopefully brief points, uh, or three brief things this morning. So one, to, to just give a teaching. Uh, two, to ask some reflection questions for us to reflect on. And then three, uh, to, to give a, an observation uh, that I have as, as a priest. So first, I, I think maybe we want to ask the Lord for a special grace to help us to forget. Uh, sometimes when we talk about things uh, like the Eucharist, right, so the body and blood of Jesus, uh, this great feast day, sometimes we can become so familiar with something that it, it can almost be like, yeah, Father, we know about this. You know, we, we don't need to talk about it. Or, you know, like, it, it's like our brains can kind of turn off. Like, there goes Father talking about, you know, the same old things again. And so maybe we want to ask the Holy Spirit to actually help us to forget so that, so that as we hear something, uh, this, this teaching on the, the Eucharist, right? We call it the, the source and the summit of our faith. As we hear this teaching, it can be as though we're hearing it for the first time. So what is it that we teach about this? St. Paul relates this in our second reading. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was handed over, took bread, and after he had given thanks, broke it and said, This is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. So we teach that when Jesus speaks those words at the Last Supper, that the bread and the wine are truly changed into the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. Like, this isn't, this isn't merely a symbol. It's not merely a sign. But that, that at the Mass, when the priest prays the same, he says the same words that Jesus said at the Last Supper, that the grace of God is alive and active, working through the priest's hands and through his words. And that somehow, by God's grace, the bread and the wine are changed. And so after he says the prayer, there is no more bread and there is no more wine on the altar. Even though it still looks and smells and tastes and feels like bread and wine. But that it is truly, in fact, the body and blood of Jesus. So, so that when you come forward to refer to it as, well, I, I chose not to drink the wine this morning. That's not even something that we can say because it's not wine anymore. It is the blood of Jesus, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. This is what we teach. This is what, what we, and, and that we as Catholics, we teach that our Protestant brothers and sisters don't have this. This is something that is unique to us as Catholic Christians, that, that God's grace, right? And we can, we can talk about it in, in a sort of more philosophical, sophisticated kind of way to talk about, how, you know, how like there are different ways that things can change, for example, right? So like, so let's, let's say I've got this Bible here. So my Bible that I have, it's got a maroon cover and it's, it's got, you know, pretty small font so that, it, you know, depending on how your eyesight is, you either have to hold it way out here to read it or, or you know, like up here, whatever, but it's got small fonts. It doesn't have the headings over it, but, but nonetheless, it's my Bible, right? So I could take my Bible and I could change the covering and put like a blue cover on it. That's called an accidental change, a characteristic change. So that even after the change takes place, it's still my Bible uh, and it's still the same Bible. It's just got different characteristics. There's another way we could change this. So I could take this Bible and I, I wouldn't do this, but I could take this Bible and I could throw it in a fire. 
so that it's burned up and all that remains is ashes. So, so then there's no more Bible there actually, but now it's something completely different, right? My Bible is no longer the same. So the characteristics change, but so too does the thing itself. That's called a substantial change. The, the thing itself changes into something new, a pile of ashes. And then there's, there's another kind of change. We call this word transubstantiation. And this is what we say happens in the Eucharist. That the, the bread and the wine still appear, they still have the same characteristics, the same accidents. But the substance, the thing itself changes into the body, blood, and soul, and divinity of Jesus. So that even though the characteristics make it seem like it's still the same thing, we believe that by God's grace, somehow it changes. So that it's no longer bread and wine, but now it is something completely different and something so extraordinary. So extraordinary. This is, what we, this is what we teach. It's a simple teaching. We could, we could talk for, for hours about what, what, what exactly happens, but that's, that's the basic thing, right? So, so as a Catholic Christian, those who come forward to receive Holy Communion, this is what we're professing. When you say, when, when the person giving you communion says the body of Christ, and you say amen, you're professing belief in that. So now, now there's this, this sort of question, right? What... What's the appropriate response to this? Like Jesus comes down to us in the appearance of bread and wine and he gives to us, to you, to me, his body, blood, soul, and divinity so that when we receive the Eucharist, he actually like comes into us. We call it communion. We become one with him. It's amazing. What's like what's what's the appropriate response to this? And I was I was thinking about this this week and I I could think of like three possible responses. The first possible response is mockery. Who believes this? We live in the 21st century. Come on, Father, you got to like catch up with the times. Like, how could you possibly believe that the bread and the wine change into the body and blood of Jesus? Like, how could you possibly believe that? Like, Father, you're, you're being ridiculous. You Catholics, how could you possibly profess to believe that? Like, come on. That's ridiculous. And that actually, like, if you think about this, right? Like, let yourself think about it. That's an appropriate response to our teaching on the Eucharist. To someone who doesn't believe it, it's like, that's so preposterous. The second possible response is similar, that, that it's so preposterous, and yet at the same time, like, I feel bad for you that you believe this. Like, that somehow you're so misled or you're so mentally unstable that somehow you believe this, and, like, it's just so unbelievable, and I just feel bad for you. I just, poor you. And again, that's, like, if you, if you let yourself think about it, like, this is a legitimate response to someone who lacks faith to someone who doesn't believe this. It's like, okay, I can understand how you might actually pity me because I believe in this. But then there's the third response, which is completely different, and that is the response of someone who has faith, which is to say, oh my God. And to say that is not taking the Lord's name in vain. Because you see what's happening, and it's like, this is the most amazing thing that I could, like, I can't think of anything more incredible than this. 
Like God, God gives himself to me so that I, like I can come to mass as often as I come and receive when I'm in a state of grace, like I can receive the body and blood of Jesus. Like my God chooses to enter into me. about, I, th- I think about uh, I, I, the, the, the saint, recent saint, Blessed Carlo Acutis. He, he died in 20, uh, 2006 at four, 15 years old. He grew up in a family that didn't go to church. And when he heard about what we teach, it happens at Mass, at Holy Eucharist, at, at, at Communion. He heard about this. He requested to receive his first Communion because he was just like, Mom, Dad, like this is so amazing. And then after he received his first Communion at age seven, he didn't miss Mass again for the rest of his life. Not just like on weekends, of course he went on Sundays. But, but like every day, he would drag his parents to Mass because he was like, you don't, like we, don't, we don't fully understand what happens here. Like this is so incredible, this is so amazing. I can't imagine missing out on receiving the body and blood of my Lord Jesus Christ. Like, how, this is so amazing. And so like he actually brought about the conversion of his mom. Because of, because of his love and his belief in what happens at the altar. So that his mom, now that he's, he's dead, his mom says, Carlo saved me because he showed me the incredible gift that Jesus offers to us in our Catholic Christian faith in the Holy Eucharist. And when I, when I hear about that, I just think, that's the appropriate response. That's it. To be caught in awe and wonder this incredible gift. So maybe now, now we get to this last question. Reflect on your response. What has been your response to the Eucharist? What is your response this morning when you hear about this? And this is maybe where we get to my last little thing and observation that as a priest, I see this, and I see it in my life. I see it in the lives of Catholic Christians in this parish, in other parishes around the world. I see it in my own life. Is that so many times our response isn't any of those three, but our response so often is just apathy. Like, Father, okay, great. Jesus comes down, and you know he, he's in the body, he's in the bread and the wine, he's the body and blood of Jesus. Can you just make sure mass is over in an hour? <laughs> like, can you, can, you, can you make your homilies a little shorter, Father? Especially, like, we got sisters coming to, to give a mission talk after this. Like, can you, can you just hurry it up? So many times, I, like, like I said, this is in my life, too. Like, okay, Jesus, like, as I'm praying the prayer, so many times my mind is distracted by other things. So many times, like, I, I, I lose track of, like, what God's grace allows my hands to do. So many times I'm thinking about the football game that I'd rather, that I'm gonna be watching after mass, or I think about the, the restaurant that I'm gonna go to after mass, and it's just like, what is going on? And I, like, and like I said, I see this in my life, but I also see it in your lives. People coming forward to receive Holy Communion, and they're coming with dirty hands. People coming forward to receive Holy Communion and they're just like 
looking around, maybe talking to the person next to them. It's like, do we understand? Do we understand what's going on? That this is, this is the high point of our life. Every week, every day, if you want it to be, and I highly encourage you, come to Mass more often, brothers and sisters. Come to Mass so that you can receive the body and blood of Jesus. God becomes one with you. There's nothing better. There's nothing more incredible. So I think just to finish with, with a simple little prayer, Holy Spirit, give us the gift of understanding so that we can see beneath the surface. Lift the veil that covers our spiritual eyes so that we can see and understand so that our lives can be changed and we can be drawn into a deep, deep reverence for what happens at this altar. That when we receive the body and blood, soul and divinity of Jesus, it can truly be something that changes our lives, that changes everything about, about us. <laughs>